When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you thought the fun was over after two exciting men's Champions League semifinals and the CONCACAF Champions League final first leg and all the other great action we've seen this week, well, you are sorely mistaken. There are a ton of good games on this afternoon and chances are you'll have a decision to make unless you have about 20 screens lying around. We'll run through all those games, plus a fun clip on the value of clutch goals, if that's what you want to call them, from the Athletic Football Tactics podcast. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Thursday, April 28th. First, as usual, it's your TV guide for today. All times are Eastern, and as I mentioned at the top, this is an absolutely jam-packed day, but in a way that's not very helpful to those of us that aren't able to watch six games at once, which I would imagine is most of us. There are indeed six games of importance in Europe today. First of all, at 2.45 p.m., Manchester United taking on Chelsea in the Premier League. This is obviously two big teams. Manchester United sort of fading a little bit, I think it's fair to say. Chelsea doing okay. They have solidified a top four spot, I think it's fair to say, but this is nonetheless a big game between big teams. It is at 2.45 p.m. on USA Network. Uh, If you're a Chelsea fan, though, you might have to split screen this, unfortunately, very unfortunately, with the Women's Super League game, Chelsea FC versus Tottenham Hotspur. This is a very important game for Chelsea women as they edge closer to the title. They're only one point ahead of Arsenal with three games to go to each, uh, for each team in the Women's Super League. That will be streamed on NBCSports.com. And honestly, if you're a Chelsea fan, you got to watch the title race, in my opinion, but it's up to you. Uh, however, if you're a fan of uh, any other team, <laughs> you now have some real decisions to make because the Europa League semifinals and the Europa Conference League semifinals are all happening at the same time all today. At 3 p.m., all of them, West Ham United versus Eintracht Frankfurt, RB Leipzig versus Rangers, those are the Europa League semifinals and they are on Paramount Plus, Tude Anne and Galavision. And then in the Europa Conference League, Leicester City versus Roma, Feyenoord versus Olympique Marseille. Both of these are on Paramount Plus and Tudeane.com. Good luck choosing between those because those games and those matchups generally in both of these competitions have been very, very difficult to predict. They've produced some absolutely fantastic games, some of the best games in Europe that we've seen so far. I would argue maybe more exciting game for game than anything we've seen in the Champions League. It's always fun to see some of these uh, teams that are not the elite of the elite, but still really good playing against each other, just flawed enough to make it entertaining. I don't know. I would definitely... Put on a random game, and if you notice that the score is getting a little bit crazy or you're seeing a lot of tweets or whatever about some other one, just flip it on over. They're all on Paramount+, Plus, all at 3 p.m., so block off those two hours if you can. 
And then if you can block off even more time after that, there is Copa Libertadores action at 6, 8, and 10 p.m. at 6 o'clock, Universidad Católica versus Flamengo. At 8 p.m., Olympia versus Colón. And at 10 p.m., Always Ready versus Deportivo Cali. All those games are on BN Sports. Now, from here, I'm going to send it over to our friends at the Athletic Football Tactics podcast, host Ali Maxwell and athletics writers Michael Cox and Mark Carey had what I thought was a really interesting discussion about how to measure clutchness in soccer. Now, this is a UK podcast. I should say that I also thought it was interesting to hear how they think Americans are better at measuring this sort of stuff, clutchness. They actually even talk a little bit about how clutch is a very American term, which I think is true and funny uh, to think about because it's just a term I use with regularity. Uh, But we're better at measuring this sort of stuff, clutchness in American football, baseball, and basketball. So there's an interesting discussion around that. There's also a really interesting piece on the data that is linked in the show's description about how to measure the value of a goal. How do you call a goal clutch or not clutch and who is good at scoring those goals? Generally, it's all really, really interesting. But for now, here is the first part of their discussion on the podcast. Michael, clutch play, clutch moments, clutchness. I'm saying clutch a lot because I think it's the sort of uh, Americanism that you might not be hugely fond of uh, just in terms of semantics. But as a concept, killer instinct, if you'd like to call it that, a genetic thing, a psychological thing, it's difficult to say and it's very hard to measure. Uh, Do you buy into its existence? Um, I'm not sure I buy into it as something that is an innate quality I clearly I certainly buy into it as kind of historically a player has done these things I mean Didier Drogba for example clearly came up with big goals at the biggest moments for Chelsea but I'm always slightly skeptical about whether that is something in Drogba's nature or something that is essentially the result of a small sample size I suppose the the thing I mean clutch is, is slightly different and Mark makes the case that in football it's it's always quite a small sample size I guess what we think about as a similar thing is a big game player I would say is pretty much the same concept and I've always been slightly skeptical about what yeah whether that's a real quality or whether it's just the same way that you could filter every Premier League game by day of the week and find that some players are really good on a Tuesday does that mean they're a great Tuesday player I don't know um, so I think sometimes when you boil these things down it's just a small sample size and a bit of randomness I mean, I'd agree with that. I think that as we're all, as humans, we're all like filled with bias, aren't we? And it is sometimes a little bit of confirmation bias of thinking of the examples where it has been the case. But as Michael said, it is just often a, a small sample size, and it's it's more the value of it is maybe more of the importance in the game rather than necessarily the the frequency within which it occurs. So we'll always remember maybe a semi final or a final where it happens, but that is just one game, and maybe sometimes there does have to be a. Well, in the case of a final, there has to be a winner and a loser. So you're going to obviously remember those those examples. But yeah, I, I agree. I think it's something of a um, an inflated phenomenon. So, so Michael, are you suggesting that if Didier Drogba had played football at the top level for a billion years rather than, let's say, 10 years, the instances of him scoring big goals in big games, as he so often did, particularly at Wembley, it seemed, would level out somewhat over time? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. And we'll never know. We will never know because he (laughs) he didn't play for a billion years. I mean, without wanting to be too negative, I do sometimes wonder with a player like Drogba, who scored, was it 10 goals and 10 finals or something like that? 
he only really had two great Premier League seasons. And sometimes I want to ask these big game players, why don't you play like that every week? Mm. Well, because the clutch gene is such that you can't. You physically can't because you're saving up all your energy for Wembley Finals. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I I thought one of the really interesting parts of the piece was a a quote that you cited from a writer called Peter Keating Mark about clutch being the absence of anxiety. Uh, The sense that rather than this being about stepping up in big moments and taking your game to another level, it's perhaps more likely that what we talk about as clutch is players not getting better necessarily, but rather avoiding getting worse and performing worse due to pressure, where there has been a bit of work done on on how people and sports people, even at the elite level, handle pressure and how it impacts their performance. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I'll give the credit to, to Jacob on that one who sort of found that, that source and that part of the um, the piece. But I, I do agree when, when everyone's kind of sometimes flapping around and, and that anxiety or anything, the pressure is sort of taking over. It's just that some people just simply have a cool head. Um, and I find that all really interesting. My background is in psychology as well. So I find that interesting in terms of, yeah, the decision-making, your cognitive performance during simple just physical fatigue as well is there something in the player's physical conditioning where they're actually not they haven't they're not hampered by their cognitive performance um even when they are tired as well so those sorts of things can come into play and this is what i mean about the phenomenon of clutch it's a very simple kind of tag that we can assign but there's so many you know there's such complexity in it that we can't just sort of put it under that umbrella term but let's try anyway if you can keep your head when all around you are losing theirs and blaming it on you etc always good to get a uh, Rudyard Kipling and or Mike Bassett reference in the pod (laughs) where possible Um, Michael we mentioned Divock Origi uh, when we talk about this sort of uh, thing this sort of trait if it exists who are the players that spring to mind for you for, for either from from the current era or previous eras um, or, or perhaps now that you've seen the numbers that Mark's put out which players would have sprung to mind uh, when you didn't have the numbers in front of you yeah I guess the players that spring to mind this is probably cheating but a lot of players who were super subs I mean by definition they are called on when their side is losing or, or drawing and they they need a goal on the other hand a good friend of mine had a a real bugbear. I don't know why he was so obsessed with this player, but he was obsessed with the idea that Solomon Kalou would only score goals when his side were already three or four nil up. I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast already. Um, so I don't think the sample size goes back far enough to include Kalou, but I'd love to find some numbers. I mean, preferably numbers that prove him wrong, obviously. But uh, yeah. It sounds a little bit like, if that is true, then there was a period of time where Importantly for Chelsea, Salomon Kalou walked so that Didier Drogba could run. 
yeah, that's yeah, actually a very good point. That is a very perfect, good point. The perfect alchemy between <laughs> big game player and flat track bully. That is a good point. I hadn't considered that. And I mean, you do need, I mean, what what I'm talking about, Kalu, is a little bit of a different thing, but you do need the odd flat track bully, I think, in your side. A player who can score regularly against bottom half teams is often very useful. I mean, if Manchester City don't win the league this year, well, probably because they've got a nil-nil against a weaker side where a, a flat track bully could be quite useful. Mm, interesting. Well, well, Mark, uh, unsurprisingly, and probably why we use the word clutch, is that it came from across the pond first, really, uh, and as did, I would suggest, conversations about how we measure uh, clutchness, uh, killer instinct, whatever it might be, both basketball and the NFL and baseball as well. They've all done their best to, to measure this. Um, what, what do you make of... Uh, the, the approaches that you've seen from across the pond and, and how transferable or not, of course, they are to a, a sport that is well, very different to those ones. Yeah, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on it as well, because I know you're a basketball fan, I believe. Yes. But um, again, this would be, again, credit to, to Jacob. He was, he's a, you know American sports fan as well. And they do have more in-depth ways to essentially break down uh, a player's numbers in certain moments w- within the game, whether that's sort of time-wise or situation-wise, you know, game state-wise. And in basketball, the the NBA have a, a stat called crunch time offensive rating, uh, which essentially looks at the, the final five minutes of games where there's um, not much to decide between the, the two teams in terms of points and looking at how a player then performs within those later moments within the game. Um, and in American football as well, the, the NFL has a fourth quarter passing rating. So looking at when the, the game is on the line and, and again, looking at the importance of, of actions based on the timing of the game. And they also have it more on location. So they have red zone passer rating as well. So when the ball's close to, to the end zone and I guess limiting it to those more lucrative areas of the field to, to see how a player performs then as well. So it's it's existed. I mean, this again goes to a wider point that in American sports, they are kind of a bit more advanced in in terms of the metrics and the analytics that they have, and it's something we've spoken about uh, a lot. And it's not because they're it, smarter than you, Mark. It's because their sports <laughs> lend themselves easier Correct. to this sort of uh, discussion. No, it's- exactly. <laughs> and it brings me on to that final point. Exactly, the difficulty within football is that it is such a low-scoring game, and it's what we've spoken about widely. And it's it's often quite tricky to work back from from a certain play to see how much value is added. And probably goes back to another episode that we've done in the past, maybe looking at things like expected threat and possession value. So quantifying how much a player's contributed towards their team scoring, not necessarily actually influenced by the outcome of a goal. Um, maybe you could look at that based on game state or by you know the time to see, okay, when does a player act, add more value or less value depending on the time or the, the game state as well. But um, I didn't have time to do that. Mm-hmm. So focus on goal. We have done a lot of episodes, haven't we, over the last few years? I'm I'm worried that one day we will run out of things to say. Thanks so much to Ali, Michael, and Mark for that. If you want to hear more, you can check out the full episode of that show by searching for the Athletic Football Tactics podcast wherever you're listening to this show. This show, by the way, is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all. Good luck deciding between all those games today. <laughs>